This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. Welcome back, everybody, to Hey Bartender Podcast. I'm your bartender for the evening. I'm the Dude. So that's what you call me. Or you can call me Anthony if you're taking the time to get to know me. That's all up to you. I hope everybody's doing well as we uh, slowly get back into the workforce because the quarantine is lightening up just a little bit. If you're not uh, affected by that just yet, hang in there. It'll all come back soon. If you're going back to work, uh, just remember, keep it safe, wash your hands, and be careful around your customers. This episode of Hey Bartender Podcast, I got myself a special guest. She is a former bartender, former server, currently an exotic dancer uh, by the name of Carson Crawford. She is uh, comes from North Carolina, and she was just cool as hell to talk to. And uh, intimidating, yeah, but I'm intimidated by women constantly. But um, take a listen. She was a lot of fun to hang out with. We'll also have later on in the show musical guest Delta Sleep. We'll be listening to their single In the Air. But until then, we got to start off with the drink special. Now, uh, hopefully Carson doesn't take this uh, as an insult, but I started searching around all over the internet for uh, the perfect drink to go along with this podcast. I got this drink off of uh, allrecipes.com, and it's called the Twisted Stripper. Now, uh, I'm not saying that Carson is at all twisted, but it just sounded like fun to do. I would have done this if I would have done this podcast by myself. But uh, I'll put it up on the website later, but you guys are going to probably, if you're not able to get to the website, you guys are going to probably have to write this one down because it's got a lot of ingredients. Okay, to make the tip twisted stripper, you need half a fluid ounce of Canadian whiskey, half fluid ounce of tequila, one half fluid ounce of 151, one half fluid ounce of vodka, one half fluid ounce raspberry flavored liqueur, one half fluid ounce coconut flavored rum, one half ounce triple sec, one fluid ounce of sweet and sour, one ounce of lemon lime soda, one ounce of pineapple juice, and one cup of ice cubes and a dash of grenadine syrup. Now, how you make all this, you grab your shaker, fill it with ice. You put all of those ingredients inside your shaker, shake the shit out of it, and then pour it into a tall glass that's filled with ice or pour it into a couple uh, buckets that are filled with ice, however you decide you want to serve it out that day. It uh, goes along with the uh, Long Island recipes. Sounds like a very dangerous drink that would probably sneak up on you before you knew it. But, uh, yeah, go out and try the Twisted Stripper, and if you uh, like it, if you serve it to a customer and they like it, send me what they told you. I would love to hear some feedback on some of these drinks that I keep telling you guys about. Just remember to email me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com. Or you, uh, if you want to be on the show, or if you have a drink that you want to share, or if you have music that you would like to be put on Hey Bartender Podcast, Remember to contact me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com. I'd love to get you on the show and, you know, I love talking to people. That's what this show is pretty much all about is to talk to people and to hear their bartending stories because, let's face it, a lot of bartending stories are really freaking hilarious. But on that note, let's get to meeting Carson Crawford and let's get started with the show. Laura Hope and the Arctones, take us in. <laughs> Hey, no problem. How are you doing? Good. Just had the weirdest dinner ever. Weirdest dinner? What, what do you mean? Um, I had a tamale, some sweet potato fries, and some blue cheese and fig jam on water crackers. Is there a wine pairing All to that? All while drinking a Truly. Oh, Truly. Huh? I was wondering if there was a wine. Is there a wine pairing to that? <laughs> uh, Not really. <laughs> but how's your quarantine going? It's going fine. Just been trying to figure out the best way to make money while not being a stripper well you, uh you and me both pretty much uh well uh i've got a job where i'm considered an essential employee but there's not much else to do once i'm off work so uh, the the whole thing is kind it gets kind of boring 
I bet. <laughs> uh, anyway, I've already hit record on everything, so we're already up and running. So, um, cool. Please uh, tell uh, introduce yourself to everybody. Hello, my name is Carson. I live in North Carolina. I've been a stripper for eight years, but I've been in the restaurant industry for about seventeen years. Seventeen years in the restaurant industry. Yes, that's. Uh, <laughs> That's a long time. Yeah. <laughs> My parents thought it'd be a good idea to get a job while I was still in high school. And then I never stopped. Where, uh, where did you start working uh, as a... a little pizzeria? Mm. Uh, I just worked the phone and then worked my way up to bartender after a few years at different restaurants. When you were a bartender, did you have a favorite drink that you used to like to pour or a favorite drink in particular? I like to sound smart. So whenever people would order bourbon or scotch, those were the drinks that I had the most questions to make sure that I could give them exactly what they wanted. And it made it appear I was much more talented than I actually was. And so I really liked making like old fashioned or Manhattan just because I was really good at it. And <laughs> there were so many different ways that I knew how to make it. And so it impressed everyone. Well, that's always been a rule uh, since I started learning how to bartend. Asking the customer uh, how they want it is not necessarily a bad thing, or how do you make it? Because then they know that they're going to get the drink right or the way they like it. So, oh, exactly. Is there any really unusual particular way that you used to make one of those? Um, for an old-fashioned, I would use the brandy-soaked cherries, and then I would use cane sugar instead of block sugar or simple syrup and I would use uh, the orange only at the very end and we had a bitter so it's actually orange flavored mm. so I would mix all that together and then pour the bourbon over one large cube of ice and then ask them if they wanted the soda water or not because some people didn't prefer it I don't prefer it and so no of course you have to finish it off with a flamed orange peel and squeeze it over top. So well, you're very, that was always fun. You're very into presentation and all that stuff then. Of course. Yeah. Uh, I was the same way about Spanish coffees. Uh, I used to enjoy making those just because I could light it on fire and then flash the nutmeg on top of it. And I thought that was, you know, awesome. If you put nutmeg on fire, it smells so delicious. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> so now that everybody knows you, what have you been up to uh, through this quarantine I have been delivering groceries and being in a job where I don't wear any clothing, essentially, <laughs> in, I've had to make sure that whatever outfits I wear are not super revealing. Yeah. And I've even had the register ladies asking me what I'm all dressed up for. And I'm like, well, I'm used to putting on makeup every day for work. And so I'm just translating that into this in the most conservative way possible here in the South. <laughs> <laughs> been... um, but I've been doing that. I've been obsessed with TikTok, making videos. I know that's so lame, oh, but you can't tell something him... else I can get dressed for. <laughs> well, it's, you can't tell the guy that follows you that it's lame because I, I've been following you and uh, on TikTok anyway. So, and I admire the fact I... that, I completely admire the fact that you are completely upfront and open that you are a Doctor Who and Archer fan. Of course, I have to do that. And because I have so much love, actually, my phone is sitting on my Doctor Who coloring book at this moment. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wanted, I couldn't do the dances. Like, I can dance, but those dances on TikTok are stupid yeah so i decided i would go into something that i absolutely love which is doctor who and i have found so many wonderful people just diving into the nerd fandom yeah uh, and that's one of the things that i absolutely enjoy about tiktok i mean the dances i i skip over that most of the time but uh there's this one particular tiktoker who is a dead ringer for uh uh amy pond that does Amy Pond scenes oh, constantly. Man. And she's she's incredible. <laughs> I'm going to have to find her. <laughs> well, if I find her name later, I'll let you know. So, well, at least you've been keeping busy. I mean, uh, a lot of people during this quarantine are driving themselves absolutely batshit insane. And delivering groceries, do, uh, 
did you just decide to do that just for the extra cash uh, for the quarantine or have you been doing that for a while? Um, no, I only signed up for the quarantine because I had no source of income. And as some people, not most people would know, they did not allow independent contractors, which is what I am deemed, mm-hmm. to have any kind of government assistance because we are supposedly, you know, when the law looks at us, we are able to just go find another job or just book something else or do private parties or whatever. Mm-hmm. But because we are not allowed at houses, we are not allowed in businesses, there's no close contact. My job is basically wrapped around contact. Right. So it's very difficult to even make any money. Um, a lot of girls I know have been selling nudes or feet photos or their shoes. I actually sell stripper shoes and pantyhose and underwear. I've tried to do as much as possible um, because if I were to just gear it towards one item and one thing, then it would not be enough income for me to even pay for groceries. Um, so True. No. Got to be multifaceted. A lot of people call me the Renaissance woman. <laughs> that uh, well, yeah. Well, I don't have anything to answer for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, uh, it uh, it it took me a while to figure out that uh, you were a dancer on TikTok. I don't, and I think I followed or got on one of your live chats one night, and you mentioned it. Um, I didn't. Uh, I didn't notice the pole that was in your apartment right away. But or apartment or house or whatever you live in apartment. Yeah. You uh, now the, being a exotic dancer, stripper, what, however you decide to identify. Um, now that um, it all of a sudden dawned on me that that also is a big part of the bartending and service service industry in general because there are tons of gentlemen's clubs out there, and um, I mean, well, that and we deal with a lot of drunks as well. Sure. And, uh, I mean, uh, I'm originally from Portland, Oregon. I live in Odessa, Texas right now for work and they, uh, Portland, Oregon used to, I don't know if they still do. They used to have the most strip clubs per capita than any other state in the United States, I guess. And well, both Portland, Oregon and Austin, Texas are deemed the stripper capitals of the USA. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, that's the stuff that I'd heard. Then it just all of a sudden dawned on me. Well, yeah, of course, uh, dancers would uh, qualify qualify to be on this show just because you're big in the customer service. You have to deal with the managers. You have to deal with the bartenders, the waitresses, and all that stuff. Am, am I right? Um, yes. <laughs> There's been multiple occasions where I've had to calm someone down for being upset. Um, I need to be 100% honest and open with the person that I'm dealing with, whether it's a guy or a girl. I have female regulars as well as male regulars, Mm -hmm. but I need to make sure that they feel safe and make sure that they know that I personally, I'm not going to speak for everyone. Everyone is different. I personally, I'm not here to take advantage of you. I'm here to have a fun time. And if I earn from that, cool, I'll stick around. If I don't earn from that, I'm going to bounce to another person, but I'm not going to lead you down a path to make you believe one thing and then just snatch your wallet. Right. Because there's someone else out there that will pay for something that you might not, but that's fine. Um, I just need to make sure that you're happy. You get the service you came for. You are not getting too drunk. And I've had customers get too drunk, and I've ordered them Ubers home just to make sure they got home safe. Well, that's awesome. Um, I've, uh, the, I've, like I said, of being from Portland, I frequented a lot of the clubs around there. And I'm not ashamed to admit that you know, just because I'm a guy. Come on. and. I've never seen dancers go to that extent to make sure that their customers are good and safe. That's pretty amazing. Um, Well, I started a strip club that is deemed an upscale strip club here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of people that are of like, we have people that are in government. We have people that are doctors and lawyers and, a lot of famous athletes come through. We need to make sure that we hold ourselves to a high standard in order to maintain that kind of clientele. Sure. Um, so as well as having an upscale restaurant background, I uh, have always gone the extra mile. My managers have always told me, like I had some regulars as a bartender once who wanted fresh squeezed grapefruit juice, but we didn't have grapefruit. 
So I gave them my phone number. I said, text me when you come in. And on those days, I would go to the grocery store and get grapefruits for them. And then they would come and see me. So if I'm going to do that as a bartender, then me ordering an Uber for someone as a dancer and I'm making much more than I was as a bartender, that is absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. So it's just me making sure I can have someone come back and be happy about it. Establishing regular customers. Yeah, that's that's the way the bartending industry industry pretty much works. You got to develop your regulars. Exactly. So uh, when you said you travel a lot, um, uh, you mentioned that in one of your live chats. Um, How does that work? So no one pays me. No one tells me where to go. If you have a job like I nanny, I used to be a nanny. Um, I nannied for this family where the father had to go to different hospitals and make sure that they received their insurance payments. And if there's any issues, he had to take care of it. But he had to be in the hospital to take care of the paperwork because signatures needed to be handled. Right. So he got told where to go. It's the complete opposite for me. Um, I probably put more work into it than a lot of people do. What I do is I follow many Instagrams of girls around the world and then a few Instagrams of girls who collect this information on an app and tell it's for dancers only. You have to prove you're a dancer to be on the app. Um, and it tells them the best seasons. Girls will chime in and tell them what the best club is for different types of girls. Like the black girls have to work at certain clubs. Well, don't have to, but they have a preference. The managers doing their hiring. So they're like, if you are a colored woman, this is probably the best club for you. If you're a tall woman, this is a good club for you. If you're skinny and like pole tricks, here's a good club for you. Um, so I research the season, make sure it's a good season and research the best club and the best city. Um, right now I have a poll going on one of my TikTok videos asking people because I've gained 14,000 followers somehow in a month. Um, all of them asking me where I work and I'm like, well, I travel. So I have a poll going right now asking people what cities they want to see me in when this all whole coronavirus thing lifts. Right. So my list has changed a little bit. One, because we've never had a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> Two, um, the seasons are all screwed up now. There is no golf season. Or um, I was going to go to Louisville for the Kentucky Derby to go work over there. But now I'm not because it's non-existent. Right. So because this is totally new, I've done that poll and now I have a new list but for next year like I travel from Vegas to New York to the beaches and back do you have particular uh, places that you absolutely love to go to um I love Vegas I love New York even though New York I don't make as much but I still love the city and then Myrtle Beach and West Palm Beach are my go-to beaches because I just have found the clients there are amazing really Cool. But I do have to pay for my own flight, my own travels. I have to pay for someone to take care of my dog. I have to pay for my own hotel, everything. Do you make that back quickly? Or how long does it take usually to, uh, to make back the expenses? I can make back the expenses the first day sometimes. Uh, oh, that's comforting. Um, in, when I went to Vegas, I had to the, I was only there for four days, but the, whole trip was wrapped around me just getting my license. Mm. So I had to get an LLC. I had to have a agent. I had to get, go to the sheriff's office and get that. But in order to do that, I had to go to eight different clubs and find out who was actually going to hire me. So now I have a club. Now I have the license, but that took four days. (laughs) So I put all that out and made $0, but it's going to be good in the future. Yes, definitely. will. There's a lot of people that are traveling through Vegas all the time and, and New York, but uh, you get the chance to meet all sorts of different personalities and uh, have a lot of fun, right? Absolutely. And I do not run into the same person twice. <laughs> There's always a different story. And I, uh, that's why I love bartending. I always met new people. Now, uh, let, uh, now that you mentioned that, when, before when you were a bartender, uh, did you learn a lot of customer service Uh, or how to entertain people through that? 
Um, yes, I did. I worked at both. I worked at Hooters uh, for three years. So their whole quote for all the girls is, it's an experience, not a restaurant trip. Mm-hmm. So I was the hula hooping queen. They would always challenge me like a dollar <laughs> a minute to hula hoop. They uh, would take photos and ask for autographs. And, you know, so that created that kind of spirit. But mm-hmm. then on the flip side, I've also worked at Upsco restaurants like Ruth's Chris or more in Steakhouse and bartended for them. And you have to go above and beyond. You have to make sure that everybody is happy and you have to kind of word your conversations in a certain way to where you don't offend anyone. Uh, but that's why I like the strip club because it's not PC. I can be <laughs> as blunt as I want to be. Yes. And, uh, you definitely are from all the posts that I've seen you do. So, uh, you know, I mean, you, you, you don't have that air about you where you, you're trying to be PC. You're just comfortable with what you are or what you're saying. So that, and that makes you exactly makes and you I, awesome. So I feel like if I try to have a facade, I will either forget that I was doing it. Um, it's kind of like creating a lie and you forgot you were lying. Uh, and uh-huh. <laughs> so I stay away from that a hundred percent just because I know that I will never backtrack. Uh, there's probably a, a couple hundred guys listening to this podcast right now that are relating to that very comment. So <laughs> trying to <laughs> lie and then stick with that lie. <laughs> but, yep, exactly. But uh, we're, we're not all bad. Just, some of us, but, um, when, yeah, but I can weed you guys out so quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, Being in the service industry does that to you. Yes. Yeah, it definitely does. I, uh, I've, uh, been bartender in various places and the first woman to teach me, uh, cause I went to a bartending school just because they had job placement assistance. Cause finding a job as a bartender was difficult at the time. And mm-hmm. she, uh, she had a rule back when she was a bartender that there's no swearing at her bar. And I thought, well, that's weird. But when it came to fuck that, yeah, yeah, it, that's exactly how it went down because there, there were just these guys that were just carrying on a little bit too much. And I, uh, I said, guys, easy on the swear uh, swears because we got ladies over here and the, uh, the girl sitting closest to me went, fuck that. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> and, uh, but, um, she was t- uh, tough as nails. So I used to bartend at Chili's and there were a few guys that could never remember my name. And so I was like, you know what? Just call me bar wench. It's okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> I didn't know that an hour later, my father would be walking into the bar to come see his daughter at the bar. And oh, one God. of the guys yelled out, Hey, bar wench. <laughs> and my dad stood up so fast and was at that guy's face. And I was like, dad, it's a joke. I told him he could, it's fine. And he goes, okay, just making sure you're okay. And I was like, yeah, it's all good. <laughs> did the guy remember your name from that second on? <laughs> or did he stick oh, with Barwinch? They never forgot me as Barwinch. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> as, uh, that's kind of like what I used to do because uh, most people didn't know my name uh, being becoming a bartender was kind of a way for me to uh, get past being an introvert, uh, wanting to be able to conversate with people and not be so shy. Uh, kind of like why I started this podcast. So people would uh, forget my name, and I said, "Just call me Dude." You know, I was, "Hey, Dude, give me a drink." And <laughs> and uh, if you get to know me a little bit later, my name's Anthony, but I go, uh, I'll I'll go by the Dude also. And I was doing it before uh, the Big Lebowski was made, so. Uh, I was about to say Lebowski. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's a bartender here in Charlotte and everyone knows him because he's been bartending for 20 plus years and we all call him hippie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, His real name is Jonathan, but he goes by hippie because he has long hair and a beard. I don't know. He likes (laughs) Jesus sandals. He's like, just call me hippie. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Well, everybody develops their own nickname after a while. Most, most people do. I mean, I've worked with uh, bartenders and servers who uh, are known throughout the town by their uh, by their real name. But when it came to guys like me, a little bit shy and all that stuff, they said that dude that works at that bar over there. And they're, oh yeah, sure, yeah, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> so, 
Uh, lost my train of thought. Told you this happens every once in a while. I cover up with ands and ums. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I go to, sh- uh, every once in a while, I visit Charlotte uh, and uh, for work. Because uh, work does training out there. And I work in Texas, but I do training uh, out there. Um, I've been, the only place that I've been to is, uh, oh, now I lost it. The, that place with all the bars and restaurants all in one area. Oh, Epicenter. Yeah. I've only been to the Epicenter pretty much out there and maybe one or two bars to promote the podcast. Um, is it, do you, do you hang out at the Epicenter at all? I did when I was 21. Uh, Um, yeah, that's. That I not from the way that uh, the clientele looked from. I think I was at Hell at the Moon most of the night because I was really digging the dueling pianos thing. And there, I love that place actually. <laughs> yes, uh, their band or whoever they get to play in there. I don't know if they swap out every now and then, but they they do swap out. They hire them as employees and then they go play. It, but they're uh, they're awesome musicians, and I, I was just sitting there. You know, they're all very talented. And, uh, but the clientele, uh, was a little bit younger than me. I mean, uh, but they're, everybody was pretty fairly friendly except for, but there are a lot of, uh, bachelorette parties. So every once in a while you'd see one girl get kind of upset that the other girl was getting a lot of attention or getting upset that the pianist wouldn't play care, um, the ba ba ba. Sweet Caroline. Oh, like, yeah. Because he's played it five times that night. And she's like, I want to hear it. And he's like, all right, basic bitch. All right. all right. I have no problem with Neil Diamond, but how many times do you absolutely need to hear Sweet Caroline? I don't know. The songs that get white people going. <laughs> so um, let's let's get back to a little bit of, of you being a dancer in these clubs. Do you have any particular songs that you, do you have a set list that you have, you hand over to the DJ or that songs that you pr- uh, pretty much say, I, I, I love dancing to this song? It depends on the club. So the club in Charlotte, they have a four page front and back playlist set for me. Um, they know what my intro songs are. I have like a set of four songs that I like them to introduce me on for the night. But then I've got a bunch of different categories. So I'm like, read the room. If it's more people that like hip hop, like here's my list there. If they like country, here's my list there. If they like classic rock, there's my list. If I can dance to whatever the fuck I want, here are the songs. Here's the order they go in. Here you go. But if I work in Myrtle Beach, I have to tell them one of four music genres and they pick the songs and they throw me on with five other girls onto the stage. If I work in Vegas, I do not get a choice at all. It doesn't matter who I am. (laughs) Um, A lot of girls actually tip to not be on stage, but I love stage because I used to be a cheerleader and I love the performance and love the attention and people to just see me up there in front of them. Right. Been a cheerleader. You've been, wow, you've done a lot. Oh my gosh, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> now, a couple questions about how things work uh, when in the clubs. Now, do you have any interactions with the bar staff, bar staff or the wait staff at all? Sometimes. Um, so if you work at a club long enough, you get to know the girls, that, uh, the bartenders or waitresses that you know will help you upsell like a room or get you a better drink or whatever. And I make sure I hold on to those girls real quick. Also, because if I'm bored and I have nothing to do and no one has come up to me and I've tried to talk to a couple of people, they usually come find me because they know I tip them mm-hmm. or I get the customer to tip them more something as long as they get a little bit more money for helping me out. Um, and they bring me to the customers that have told them, hey, this is the kind of girl I like. Hey, I saw her on stage or whatever. And then they'll come and get me. Oh, so the waitresses and uh, bartenders do help out the dancers. If they have time. Right. Um, but it helps the waitress out and the bartender out if they can find a girl that the guy actually likes. Mm-hmm. Because everyone has had the experience of, if you've gone to a strip club, a bunch of girls hoard around you or girls 
you know, come and say hi to you within the first minute or two. Right. But sometimes the guy will just shoo everyone away, talk to the waitress or the bartender and be like, listen, if you can just find me like a tall brunette, that'd be great. Or I had one guy ask for a girl who was an asshole and the waitress came and got me. And so (laughs) I walked up to the guy and I was like, hey, I'm a dick. What up? And (laughs) we actually went to VIP immediately. (laughs) <laughs> it's just one of those guys that like uh to be or, uh, like to be insulted or controlled one of those things um there are certain guys that like to be controlled in certain ways there's guys that enjoy being humiliated it's a turn on for them um but this guy in particular just didn't want a girl that was going to tell him how much she wanted to fuck him uh. he just wanted to chill have a good time have some shots um, I'm also a masseuse, so I gave him massage while we were back there. No happy ending, just saying. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but everybody's different. I've had so many different fetishes in there. It's unbelievable. <laughs> oh, yeah, I bet. So uh, what do you look for uh, when you go into a club? I mean, because turnover in a lot of clubs and bars, I'm sure, is pretty high, You know, especially when you, you're coming and going like that. So, uh, do, well, first of all, do you... Uh, have the same wait staff do you or do you or you walk in and you're like oh hey how you been you know that that sort of thing if i work full time in a spot i do the hey haven't seen you in a while or hey how is did you get home okay or whatever um but if i'm only there like when i go to like four of the cities i travel to i'm only there once a year or once every few months and so it's hard for me to even see anybody that I recognize, which is why I built an Instagram just for the people that want to know what city I'm going to be traveling to. That way I can tell them when and where or ask when's a good time or if they want to contact me and see me. Right. Um, and then I'll try to make plans. So, so what it, you, it, it depends. So what do you, what do you look for uh, when you're looking to, uh, for a bartender or server or wait, wait staff to uh, be both uh, beneficial or mutually. Um, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Beneficial for both of you. Uh, what do you look for in, uh, in the staff when you go into a club? Um, I will literally speak to every single person that's on the floor that day. You, I typically have like three to four hours before I even start making money or even talking to anybody because I like to get there early. I get there around three or four o'clock in the afternoon. Mm. Normally, there's not a lot of people in there. That gives me time to uh, become familiar with the club itself if I've never been there before. Um, introduce myself to all the wait staff. Now, not every dancer does this. I just go above and beyond. Sure. Um, I don't remember anyone's name, but that's why I like living in the South or saying that I'm Southern because I call them sweetie, honey, baby, darling, and they just <laughs> think that I'm just trying to be nice. In reality, I forgot your name. Right. So <laughs> yeah. I just try to go up to everyone and be as nice as possible and say, hey, you know, if there's if you have a couple, because girls hate going up to couples for some reason. I mean, the girl I've had girls try to fight me before, but um, don't get near my husband. And I'm like, I don't want his dick, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> Um, so they, I'm like, Hey, listen, whatever you got, throw it at me. I can handle it. Let's go. Mm -hmm. And then they usually come and find me first. Um, if I know that one of the girls is the top earner of the entire club, I'll slip her a 20 and be like, Hey, come find me first. Or if you have a guy, some guys just go straight to the VIP and then ask the dancer or sorry, ask the waitress for a specific kind of dancer. Mm. They'll come get whoever they describe. And so, since you've made friends with the, the top of that list, yeah, since you've made friends with the wait staff, you want them to think about you first. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's brilliant. Uh, good way to go about that and make a lot of money. I'm sure it, it can. Every, I mean, everything is uh, my favorite phrase. Every day is a gamble. Every shift is a gamble. Every table person is a gamble. You could either walk away with nothing in a day, a week not a week, but like in a day or a person or a table, or that could be the person that was looking for someone like you. You never know. So I will say hi to literally everyone that I can. Mm. Another thing I'm not trying to, uh, 
reveal any stories about what goes uh, what goes on in in like the dressing room or like that. Personally, I'd like to uh, keep keeping my fantasies in my head. Uh, I don't want to real know no, the real <laughs> stories. Do you or other dancers need like a, sometimes need to like a little bit of liquid courage in order before you jump on the stage once in a while? Um, some girls do. We are not allowed to bring any liquids into the clubs at all. Mm. Um, there's one club where I'm allowed to bring water bottles, but it cannot be pre-opened. It has to be sealed or have a tamper lid on it. Right. Um, but most of the clubs I've worked in, we're not allowed to buy our own drinks. We're not allowed to pay anything to the club other than the fee that we pay to walk in the door. Really? So... So you can't yes. ask for... So I actually have to find someone. <laughs> you can't ask the bartender for a quick vodka crayon before you go back and get changed? Nope. Oh, really? I'm Okay, that's something I didn't know. But... Some girls, like if we stay in a hotel, I stay with like anywhere from one other girl to three other girls when I travel. And we will go to the liquor store and buy one bottle and we'll all like take a shot if we want to. But I actually don't work drunk. Mm-hmm. I work sober, so right. I like getting tipsy to pass the time, but that's about it. Or to make someone boring, not boring. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's not a courage thing. Right. Now, uh, with my experience in the clubs, I'm sure you've uh, dealt with, uh, you have to make friends with the bouncers uh, or because they're watching the customers. And in some cases, they're probably keeping an eye on you, making sure you're not doing anything uh, that would get the club in trouble. Uh, what's, uh, what's the relationship between the dancers and the bouncers? Um, depends on the bouncer. Uh, I know of some bouncers that have been let go for trying to sleep with as many dancers as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've been asked out multiple occasions by different guys that work there because they thought that just having a job at the strip club meant that we were more comfortable with saying yes to a date mm-hmm. or a drink or whatever. Yeah. Um, I kind of, okay, so I'm 6'6 in my work heels. I am a bodybuilder. I still have a soft demeanor to my body because I like cake, but (laughs) (laughs) I can handle myself for the most part. So I kind of ignore the bouncers until needed because I try to treat them as professionally as possible and the more professionally I treat them and not whine at them or be the girl who cried wolf, then they are more likely to come help me when I say, Hey, an issue has arised. Mm-hmm. So, um, most recently, I mean, I haven't worked in God two months now, yeah. but most recently I had a man who, when we went into VIP, he seemed aware of what was going on and we did, he, he said, I want to do an hour. So we did an hour. But about 30 minutes in, he started to slump in the couch. And we didn't have any drinks with us. We weren't drinking at the time. We were just back there and I was dancing. So I went to the bouncer and I'm like, hey, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Can you just pop your head in and make sure he's okay? And they ended up making him sit at this back bar. They gave him some food, some water, and said, bro, you just got to chill for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. it was closer to the tail end of our time. And so we were just really making sure he was okay. Yeah. Um, obviously didn't press for more time, but just trying to make sure he didn't so get out of hand. Was he drunk? There was or? another time where very drunk. Oh, okay. Um, he also had done some drugs before he came into the club. So we have no control over that. That's his personal doing. Right. Um, I did have one guy who took me to VIP. We were only up there for 30 minutes and, I was like, I was getting uncomfortable because he started to get really rough. And so I was like, I have to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. As I started walking away, he grabbed my heel or my ankle and pulled me back into the room. And so I was being dragged on my back, back into the VIP. Mm. So all I had to do (laughs) was I yelled out a little help and two bouncers came running. Yeah. So, I mean... If someone is in VIP, there's always one person very close by, just in case. It's um, you you mentioning that bouncers thinking that they can, uh, you know, being around dancers, they'll get a lot of dates uh, and stuff like that, or have better chances uh, at pretty much anything else. It re- actually reminds me, of, uh, I was unemployed 
uh, for a brief period of time between bartending jobs. And finding a bartending job was a pain in the ass at that point in time because a lot of bartenders, once they find a place that they like to bartend at, they stay there. And so... And and the uh, managers are more inclined to keep them because they've built up a good clientele. They make a lot of money. And so coming in as a new person uh, was always difficult when you found yourself unemployed. Uh, But just as a sheer fluke, I... I was driving by this one strip club in the Portland area and I thought, what the hell? Why not? And, uh, I wandered in there. It it was one of them. Uh, it was one of the, well, they called themselves more of a cabaret more than a gentleman's club. And I, I walked in and I said, can I get a job application? And the guy, guy at the, uh, the guy at the front door was like, um, okay, sure. Hands me a job application and I go sit down and I start filling out the job ap- application and spent like 40, 50 bucks while I was filling out the application. Not my fault. She was just there. And, uh, but I filled out the application and the guy looked at it and he goes, so you want to be a bartender? And I said, yeah, I just need a job right now. And he's like, wow, you have got a lot of experience as a bartender, but we, he tried to be as uh, gentle as possible with it. And he says, we really don't hire male bartenders as much. I mean, maybe if you want to be a bouncer or maybe I can get you a job as a bar back. And I said, I don't care. I just need work. <laughs> I never heard back from those people, but it, it was worth a shot. You know, <laughs> I haven't heard of a male bartender in a strip club since, bless you, since, um, God, the early, early 2000s, they kind of just nixed it because they noticed that, you know, guys came to see girls. And sometimes it wasn't a stripper. Sometimes it was a bartender. Well, sure. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I, I totally understood. And it was I it was kind of like a pervert trying to get a job at Victoria's Secret to me. You know, just worth a try. Let's see what happens, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. But, uh yeah, I totally understood, and there was no way in hell I was going to, you know, try to raise a fuss about, you know, they won't hire me just because I'm a guy. I was just wanted to see what would happen, pretty much. Um, kind of like that guy that tried to be a Hooters girl and then sued the company because he was a guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that uh, that should have been blindingly obvious, but the, he, you can tell stories. When stories like that come up, you can tell they were just uh, trying to get money the easy way. But, mm-hmm. So you've seen uh, mostly just female bartenders. You don't, uh, you don't, mostly guys stay in the bouncer area and the women pretty much run the rest of the club. Women run most of it, but none of them, like I've only ever seen a handful of female managers. It's usually males because they want the males to have the bar back, the silent people, the bar back, the managers, the uh, floormen, whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm. mainly because they don't want to hire security. So if they can have most of the silent quote unquote jobs be men, that's your built in security. You don't have to pay anybody. You just have to pay someone to watch the door. That's it. Right. So they, the club I work at in Charlotte, every single man that works there is a powerlifter, bodybuilder, very strong person in general, what have you. Mm. Um, but this way they don't hire security. They actually save a lot of money by doing that. Um, the only person that I've heard of being a male bartender is one of my very good friends. He used to work at the club that I worked at back when males were actually bartenders. He was a bartender at the strip club, Mm. but he also hasn't worked in a strip club in 15 years. So that just kind of gives you a timeline. I mean, it just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it if makes it does, sense. tell me because I have no idea. Where... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Well, because, um, well, pretty much all my uh, strip club uh, experience has all been in the Portland, Oregon area. Out here in West Texas, there's only uh, maybe two uh, strip clubs, and uh, I, I'm tired of hear, uh, hearing every mo- Monday morning that somebody was shot at this particular strip club. It seems like it happens every weekend, but I'm. I mean, I'm sure there was something that happened that led up to that, but you know, you don't feel well, safe anymore. Yeah. 
there's two clubs in Charlotte that I just refuse to work at because of the frequency of guns that have been pulled out in right. the, in those clubs in particular. Now, uh, when it comes to safety, do you have uh, somebody walk you out to your car uh, when you're done with your uh, when you're done with the night? Um, every shift, we have someone walk us to our car if it's nighttime. Um, if it's daytime, they just kind of like let us go because there's not really that many people there to begin with. But there's always a glass door at the front of the strip clubs that um, I'm allowed to just walk to my car by myself. And we're only allowed to park within eyesight of that glass door. So that way, if, you know, someone's not available to walk me to my car, there's at least the front door girl watching as I walk to my car. Mm -hmm. And well, that's, that's going to make you feel comfortable at least. Well, that, and you know, I always, have something to protect myself on me at all times, just in case. I've seen some of your, um, the, your TikToks where you show off some of the things that you keep handy. So, <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, at least you're protecting yourself and that's admirable. I come from military family. They would kill me if I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> now out in Charlotte. Uh, yeah, I told you that, uh, I, I've only hung out at the epicenter a couple times and the uh, Howl at the Moon, I pretty much hung out there just because of the music. Uh, and I've been to the other smaller places like Mortimer's. Uh, there were actually the first, uh, sh- there was a bartender there. Unfortunately, I can't remember her name. Um, that she was the first bartender that I approached to give me a drink recipe that she personally made. And it seems like everything, uh, at least in the parts of, uh, I mostly hung out in Charlotte. Uh, everybody seems pretty friendly out there. Oh, absolutely. And I think every bar I've worked at, I've created a drink. But the only reason that the managers want the bartenders to create their quote-unquote special drinks is because they have liquors in the back that they haven't used in years and they need to get rid of it. Sure. Now, liquor doesn't go bad, thank God. Right. But they, uh, like, for instance, I worked at Ruth Chris. They had eight different liquors that they had to get rid of. One of them was called root and we had to figure and it was very bitter we had to figure out a nice way to make a drink out of it so that we could sell it <laughs> huh. not as a contest to win money but just to get rid of the product okay uh yeah that's something i've never experienced where okay we've got too much of this liquor make something and make it a drink special uh, yes. well uh actually let me take that back uh when we realized that we had a keg of beer in the walk-in that had been there for a really long time because everybody hated it. They had they put it on special until it was gone. And so nights where we would have, we would normally have like a Hefeweizen or something like that on special. No, we had to have that one keg of beer that nobody likes for a really low price just to get rid of it. But uh, that's the only thing that yeah. I can think of that would be close to that sort of thing. But liquor, like you said, liquor really doesn't go bad unless... Uh, like in some cases, like fruit flies crawl into the scotch or something like that, then, then it's just disgusting. Or if it's milk based, like Bailey's or, um, rum chata, those I believe have some sort of expiration date, but Mm. if it's a pure liquor, then, you know, vodka doesn't go bad. Right. We're going to take a quick break from uh, my interview with. Uh, Carson and introduce this week's musical guest. This week's musical guest hails from the UK. They are called Delta Sleep from their album, The Younger Years. Here is Delta Sleep within the air. Into the night 
Once again, that was Delta Sleep from the UK with their single In the Air. If you want to find out more about Delta Sleep, they have a website, deltasleepband.com. They're also on Facebook. There you can check out more of their music or find out a little bit more about the band and where they're playing next. Hopefully they're playing uh, uh, outside this quarantine very soon. Uh, but if you also want to check out their music, check them out on bandcamp.com. That's what I do. You can find all their albums and songs there. Now let's uh, get back to the interview with Carson. Let's talk about uh, your customers uh, for a second, because the when as a bartender or server, there were customers who like I I, I refused to serve because, like one example was he came in came into my bar drunk. He he would make the rounds around town, and you pretty much knew that he was drunk when he came in, or like the welder that came in that. Eyes were red because he, because he'd been squinting all day long. Probably worked a double shift or something like that, and so people were a little worried: is he drunk or is he just tired? Now, um, <laughs> as as a dancer, um, uh, how do you, uh, do you? Is there like a customer a customer story that you have where you were like, "No, keep uh, I don't want anything to do with that person. Keep them away from me." Uh, I have like four stories that I can think off the top of my head. Um, one of them said that he had liver issues 
and he's still drinking three bottles of wine every time he comes in mm. and comes in every single day. But he's the kind of guy who will the entire time from the moment you sit down to the moment you leave him, will try to slide his finger into your butthole. Oh, and okay. That's, no one likes him. Yeah, that and goes so I would always have to like t- tilt my body away from him so he couldn't reach it. Or I would act like I wanted to hold his hand so that he wouldn't touch me. <laughs> oh. um, so after I found out that he wouldn't stop, I said, I'm never talking to that man again. Um, there was another guy who would come in every other week. He would always ask for me and one of my friends. He would give us a thousand dollars to sit with him all night, which is, you know, it's good money. Mm. I could have probably done a little more, but I'd have to work really hard for it. But this man always talks about how he's going to um, get back with his ex-wives and the love stories he's saying. And he would make us listen to those songs that he produced himself in his bedroom uh, every single time we sat with him. Mm. And then he would talk about how much he loved us and wants to marry us and whatever. And we were like, weren't you just talking about now that and then he would always try to prove to me yes but he would always try to prove to me because he knows i lift weights that he was stronger than me which i already know you're stronger than me you're a man i'm a woman i'm strong for a woman i'm not just the strongest person on earth like (laughs) i'm stronger than my girlfriend i don't have a you know my friend girl but i'm not stronger than the average man that lifts weights so he would always get behind me and try to give me a version of a massage to where he was putting all of his strength into it mm. to the point where I was the last time I spoke to him, he made me cry because it hurt so bad. Yeah. And he lifted me up and started spinning me around and was like, see, I can lift you. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, put me down. And then he choked me in the chair. Okay. That's good. And from then scary. on, I never spoke to him again. Yeah. Yes. Um, Managers came over, and, I mean, this night, they honestly didn't do anything. They didn't kick him out They because he spent so much money at the club. Um, and they told me to stop overreacting, and I was like, well, this sucks because managers aren't always on your side. They try to be, but sometimes it's hearsay. That's every job um, in this world, yeah. Yes. And so... I just, every time I see him in there, he'll make one of the girls tip me like 20 or a hundred dollars, but I still will never go over to his table ever again. Mm. Yeah, that's got to happen a lot to dancers where the guys say things like, I am, I'm, I want to take you away from all of this. Will, uh, will you marry me? Or, you know, uh, either, even, even sober. I'm sure there are some guys that come in that are, uh, that only drink Coca-Cola or water or something like that, that pretty much pledged their love to you constantly. Um, yes, I get proposed to at least twice a day. Um, <laughs> there was one man in particular who said that he wanted to um, pay, because I'm in school, so he said, I want to pay for you to finish college. I want to pay for all your bills, and I want us to travel around Europe during the summer before you start school again. I'll take you to France, because I told him that was the place I really want to travel to. I'm learning French. Um and then I said, okay, well, in order for me to do that, you need to hand me $2,000 right now that will take care of my bills for the next month. That way I know that if I get fired from here for walking out of here with you, which will happen, I know that I'm good for at least a month. <laughs> and he said, oh, I can't do that. And I was like, well, if you can't give me money for my bills right now, then I cannot walk out of here with you, which, I mean, honestly, I have never and will never leave a club in the middle of a shift just for a man. I've, mm. I, I've quit the job before for men and it's never worked out. No, um, uh, based on my experience, <laughs> I've, I've quit jobs for, uh, for girlfriends too. And, it, uh, I don't have a good track record with that. <laughs> and well, on top of that, it's illegal for me to leave the club with a man because yeah. they assume they don't care what happens once I leave the doors. They assume it's for prostitution. They will then charge me with prostitution. Mm. So I, I am not able to leave the club with a man. It's it, it's impossible. Uh, now, if you run into a customer that, uh, like my one of um, my bartender friends, she used to, um, when they, she would see somebody that's uh, really shy, quiet, or something like that, uh, introverted, she would make it her mission to 
become their friend or uh, mess with them just to get them a little bit more comfortable and interacting with everybody else. Uh, Have you ever done that? I like to tell a joke when I get to a table Mm -hmm. because then it kind of sets the guidelines for how I act. So sometimes girls will come up and be like, oh my God, I just want to fuck you so bad. And then I'm over there like, nice Miller Lite. Are you trying to hydrate yourself or what? (laughs) And so I just kind of flip the tables to where, you know, they see a light hearted air about me. And then if they don't react to that, then I'm like, Hey man, do you mind if I just sit here for a minute? Like I'm tired, my feet hurt. And I would just honestly just like to just chill for a bit. And then I can kind of tell if they're actually interested in a conversation or not. If they're not interested in a conversation, I'll take up the popular excuse. Oh, I got to pee. I didn't realize it. I'll be right back. And when I say I'll be right back, you know, unless I hand you an item of mine, like a, a skirt or a top or something, I'm probably not going to come back. Yeah. So, but that's also me having that restaurant experience background and being able to read people very quickly. So I can tell in the first like minute if you actually want me there or not so that I can leave or whatever. And then if a guy doesn't like me, I'm like, Hey man, like I get it. We got, we all have types. Do you have a type? If I'm not your type, I know a blonde, I know a redhead, I know a black girl, Asian, whatever. You got what you have something in mind? I'll help you out. Right. And usually they'll tip me for that, or the girl will tip me. So mm-hmm. either way, everybody wins. Well, that's cool. Yeah. So, okay. Now that that uh, actually uh, uh, makes uh, clears up a lot of things in my head, just because there were time. There was a time at Hooters one time I was. Uh, just there because I was passing through town and the waitress just all of a sudden decided to sit down and have a conversation with me. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. I, and, but it was a good conversation, but, and there were a couple of times at strip clubs where, yeah, at the time the, uh, business was kind of slow, uh, but just all, uh, you know, and I got one dance with one girl and all of a sudden she set, decided to sit down and, uh, talk to me for the rest of the night. And I was, oh, okay. Now, then now that you're saying this, uh, makes, it makes a lot of sense. So, (laughs) well, sometimes people enjoy just having a conversation with someone they enjoy being around versus doing the whole bump and grind. Right. Now I, I enjoy getting a dance. I love it. I've been to VIP as a customer multiple times before with the people that I used to date. (laughs) but everybody has different things that they walk into the strip club wanting. Sure. Some people just want to watch. Some people want to talk. I'm sure Uh, they just want an experience of some kind, right? Whether you're lonely, horny, or just bored, you (laughs) can find something to suffice you for the next couple hours at a strip club. Right. To wrap up the show, I want to thank you so much for letting me take up uh, an hour of your time. And talk about of your experiences course. in the gentlemen's clubs uh, and being a waitress and bartender in general. That uh, pretty much is what my show is all about. Just throwing out a whole bunch of information and sto- uh, in stories. So thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, is Would you like to promote yourself? Is there a website? Do you want people to find your social media? Uh, why don't you tell everybody where to find you? So I'm sure not everyone has TikTok. But... Um, you can always find out where I'm dancing and where you can find me with my Instagram at C-R-A-W period Carson, C-A-R-S-O-N. And that Instagram will most definitely get you in contact with me. Um, I honestly don't even know what, oh, I remember what my TikTok name is. (laughs) I'm surprised TikTok hasn't cut me off. No, oh. uh, but my TikTok is um, C is for cunt. Yes, it is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the quick. Uh, that's an easy. Uh, that's I don't know how I came across uh, finding you on TikTok. It, it was in just in the for you stuff, and I'm gonna keep that name until they force me to change it. <laughs> well, you've been uh, you've gotten you've mentioned that you've gotten in trouble with TikTok once or twice already. But uh, if as long as you keep it halfway decent, I'm sure there's no reason to cancel you just for your. ID. So, 
Well, I know one of my friends had an inappropriate name and TikTok didn't find out about it till months later. And all she had to do was change the username. They just gave her like a, a week's notice. Uh, so, she, uh, so if they yeah. do get mad, you have time to let your fans know and then change it over. Well, once uh, once again, thank you so much for being on the show. You're welcome. Anyway, people, that is last call. Last call for alcohol. So if you don't come up to the bar and get your drink, you ain't getting shit because I'm not coming out there. Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank once again Carson Crawford for being on my show. It was a blast. Uh, remember, guys, guys and gals, if you want to find out more about her, you can check out her Instagram page. It's... Uh, at c r a w dot c a r s o n, and uh, find out where she's going to be performing next. Find out a little bit more about her. You can also find her on TikTok. Uh, c is for cunt, as she said before, kind of reluctantly, but you know, be proud of it. I'd also like to thank Delta Sleep for allowing me to use their single in the air. Remember, if you want to check out more about them, go to bandcamp.com. You can find out everything you want about them, including their website, their social media, and all of their albums. I'd also like to thank allrecipes.com for letting me steal their recipe for a drink called Twisted Stripper. Remember, if you want to know more about how to make it, either rewind this podcast all the way back to the beginning or head on over to bar- heybartenderpodcast.com and check out the recipe. But until the next show, I want to thank all of you guys for tuning in and listening to the podcast. Remember, share, like, subscribe, give me a rating, and uh, you know, let's keep this podcast going. If you want to be on the show, you want to share a drink, you want your music to be heard on my show, just email me, dude at heybartenderpodcast.com, and I will make that happen for you. But until the next show, ladies and gentlemen, as usual, I want to wish you all lots of love, lots of sex. And lots of happiness. And don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. I think I need another drink. What do you mean it's last go? I just got here.